Arsenal Therapy Podcast. Hello and welcome back to the Arsenal Therapy Podcast. My name is Farhan, also known as Gunner since 96. I'm joined by James Payne. James. <sighs> Hello, man. Ah, oh, um, this is going to be a terrible one. I'm I'm finding it really difficult to find my words. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm actually finding it really difficult to speak like physically because I feel so drained that um yeah. I can't I'm finding it difficult to project my voice and try to sound a little <sighs> bit more kind of you know not necessarily entertaining positive. but a little bit more um kind of not positive but you, you know you know when you're doing a show you want to be a little bit yeah, and yeah so people can actually take an interest in what you're saying but I I can't I can't for the life of me find the energy to just I just, I don't know, mate. I don't know, mate. I think I'm going to have to put most of the weight on you this week to yeah. speak because I, I'm, 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 I, th- I think this is the lowest I've seen Arsenal. I, I, I genuinely believe this is the lowest point that I've seen. Under, this club not under Emery? Not under Emery. Lower than Emery. Lower than Burnley last Ooh. season. Lower than the moment I realized I needed to make a podcast. This is a new low. I mean, Emotionally, I feel not as low. Yeah. Um, I think I think after Burnley last year, I was at mentally, I was at a very, very low point to the point where I was, you know, screaming at the TV and kicking furniture and stuff uncontrollably. It wasn't something that I felt like I had to do. You know, sometimes, you know, I think we're all guilty of sometimes playing to the, you know, playing to the stereotype of a football fan. Um, yeah. But last, last season against Burnley, it was just uncontrollable. I, cu- I couldn't, I couldn't for the life of me control what I was feeling. Um, but I'm, yeah. I'm thankfully I'm not at that point this time. I've kind of come to terms of accepting the reality of where we are. And um, I guess disappointment is probably, disappointment is probably the lowest or the most extreme kind of emotion that I'm feeling. I don't feel angry. I don't feel, well, during the 90 minutes, fuming. Um, but once mm. that final whistle went, it was more of a sense of, right, lads, let's let's evaluate where we are. Um, we're 20th. We're bottom of the league. We have outdone ourselves and outdone Again. everybody else. Um, we have conceded eight goals. We are yet to score a single one in the Premier League. The team has... The team's on its knees The players are on their knees They are begging for mercy They're done I don't, I don't, I don't see anyone out there today Who was ready to fight for this For this team I don't think anyone cares To fight anymore If I'm being honest Because uh, the BS has been recycled Over and over again To the point now It's seeped into their subconscious You know I think about players like Tierney I think about players like Saka And Mill smith Rowe. Abamyang as well. I think about how they how they used to carry themselves on the pitch uh, a very long time ago when Tierney first came through the doors. The kind of performances he would put in, regardless of what the scoreline was, you know he had, he had someone who was there busting his nuts to make sure that he was playing for at least his pride and dignity. You know, at least for the badge. Players like Saka and Emil Smith Rowe as well, Abamyang as well. Um, I didn't see any of that today. Today I saw 11 players, well, 10 players actually for the most part, um, 10 players out there on the pitch who had given up. 
who really were just throwing in the towel. This is it. Mm. That was that was that was the slogan that I could see written on their faces. This is it. We're done. We're finished. Let's go home as quickly as possible. Let's let's run and hide because we have to accept the reality and the facts are that Man City are a hundred times better than us. I think what really shocked me the most is is how real this nightmare felt because yeah we're in trouble we I, 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 I never imagined in my wildest of dreams that we would we would lose five nil to city three nil okay you know that's bad four that's terrible but I never thought it would be five I never thought we would lose to city five nil and that we for could me, have lost six now we could have lost six seven eight we could have lost we could have been in double digits Sterling missed a hat trick at least. Gundawan could have scored a couple more. Uh, Torres could have got a hat trick. Grealish maybe could have scored another goal. Gabriel could have scored another goal. Their centre backs could have got a goal each. Mm-hmm. So it, I, I, I'm finding it difficult to swallow this very bitter pill because I don't yeah. think that. Well, this is it. Uh, this is the conflicting kind of weird scenario I find myself in. I don't know whether we deserve to lose 5-0 to City. I don't know whether it's fair that we lose to five uh, to City 5-0 or whether it's the case that just us fans just don't deserve to witness such crap, such atrocity, you know? Mm. Um. Oh, God, this is going to be a hard one, man. Um, Do you think, yeah. is, is, this, is, this, is this more tough than Brentford? I've got, I've got I don't think I don't think we 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 went into the Brentford game thinking we were gonna you know lose or or you know I expected us to be a little bit more positive because we knew these games were coming. I thought Brentford was going to be the win, and then these two were going to be you know the losses that we that we were dealt. But it does it's it's three three losses in a row is um is hard, man, mm. and. Uh, <laughs> I, I I'm just still processing it. Oh, I'm on Football Manager right now, trying to, you know, take my mind off it and manage another club that I'm doing I, relatively that, well. That with. is, you, you know, um, I commend you. I I don't want to watch a single game of football. I don't want to come into contact with anything uh, to do with football. You know, the most painful part of that game was, um, yeah, James. Yeah, yeah it was on. the fact that the second half I drifted away from watching that game and I found myself twiddling my thumbs on my phone. I was so disinterested with that game. I yeah. missed I missed the fourth goal or the fifth goal. I <laughs> yeah. missed it. And then they scored it and I looked up and I said, oh, they've scored another. Okay. Might, might yeah. as well just tweet that because I uh, might need to refer back to that. Yeah. And I think for us as well, doing a podcast straight after a defeat like this, really, you know, you know I think we had, we had uh, Dan uh, tweeted us just now saying, really? You really want to do this now, you know? Mate, I really want to do it right now because this is this is this is where you'll find the hard hitting truths, the yep. reality. This is it. There is no painting over the painting over the. I don't know what kind of analogy I'm trying to give off. There's no papering over the cracks. There is no sunshine daffodils. There's none of that crap. This is just hundred percent raw, raw. Yep. <sighs> Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, I actually thought we did quite well in the first five minutes. The first, <laughs> Mate, the that's first it. That is minutes. it, bro. That is it, bro. Five minutes and done. Finished. 
Yeah, five minutes. Five minutes. I thought we we were we were. You know, this I apologise to the listeners because this podcast is probably going to be all over the place. But Mm. you know, it's uh, it's like a cacophony of thoughts right now going through both of our heads, and we're trying we're trying to analyse it for the best possible. But I don't think we're going to analyse it very well. But what's Um, to analyse, mate? There is nothing to analyse other than the fact that as soon as that first goal went in, we collapsed. We crumbled. We know Holding's not good enough. Chambers is not good enough. Cedric is not good enough. Uh, Kolasinac is not good enough. Those yeah. five defenders are not good enough to play for Arsenal Football Club. This is it. <laughs> that the facts yeah. have to be the facts have to be outlined, and the truths have to be told now. I think you know that's what our t- I, you know we were uh, all you know in midweek going. Oh, why is Kolasinac starting? Oh, maybe because he needs game time because he's he's, he's off in a few days or whatever. But then you see he's starting in the next game, which you know he did quite well against West Brom. But that was West Brom. Oh, mate, sorry, I, I can't, mate. I can't, no, I no, can't no, no. do it, mate. I can't. Yeah, no, no. Kolasinac is no, it's never no. ever going to be good enough. If a Premier League team is not going, no, after I, 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 I agree with you. I mean, I mean, you know, he, we did quite well against West Brom because it was West Brom, and you really can't play Kolasinac for the first time in eight months against Manchester City. You otherwise, can't play Kolasinac full stop. Otherwise, that's what happens. Tavash was um, on the bench today. Well, so was we, Ainsley Maitland Niles. Mm-hmm. Both players who can play as fullbacks. Uh, listen, this might be this might be a situation where you know to, to point fingers at the starting eleven to say that you know maybe Tavash should have played, maybe Maitland Niles should have played, whatever. Okay, I don't think that. I think that's besides the point. I think the the point is okay, and this is now a full analysis of what is going on at our football club. Okay. Because mm. let's have it right. There won't be another cronky out protest for at least six months. Okay. And if it does happen, it'll be a failure. It will be a miserable. It disaster. won't happen. It won't happen. Just, just like the one against Chelsea that was supposed to have happened. Right. It's not going to happen. Okay. This is now a real inquest into what, what is happening at the football club. Okay. Right from the very top to the, to the, to the bottom, people can point fingers at Arteta if they want, but Arteta is one of the many, 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 many problems that that is happening at Arsenal football club. The summer transfer window needed to be a success. I said it at the end of last season, this window is the most pivotal in this club's very recent history. For the last 10, 15 years, they have stood back and allowed others to surpass us in incredible kind of uh, spaces, you know, leaving incredible spaces, incredible gaps. And finally, you know, with the back end of coronavirus, I know we're still living with it, but we've, we, got <laughs> past the, we got past the worst um, of the virus mm. with fans coming back to the stadium. With an Amazon deal, Amazon documentary deal, with um, other clubs. That's going to be great, by the way. It's going to be brilliant. That's probably the only thing I'm looking forward to at the end of the season. But with also other clubs being financially stricken, we're now seeing other clubs financially flexing their muscles despite word going around that no clubs can't spend money because of the virus. Bullshit. So this is the situation. The transfer market, the transfer window, this summer should have been um, a period of time where Arsenal answered all of its issues, right? There's no European football. There is a lack of football time. So this was the time to add as much or upgrade as much as you needed to in the first team. 
There's mm-hmm. no excuse to say we need to add depth because we've got a number of football matches coming up. So we can't focus on improving the first 11. Well, we can. And the way I see it, I understand that Gabriel and um, Ben White are out injured, mm-hmm. but they should have um, shipped out Kalasinac. They should have shipped out Rob Holding. They should have shipped out Granite Shaka. They should have shipped out um, Cedric Suarez. They should have shipped out Callum Chambers. They should have shipped out every single one of these Dons by the start. Dons. They should have. They should have done that by the by the start of this uh, season. I agree. And I agree. They're, they're still playing. They're still playing for this team. So am I surprised that we're losing five 0 No, not really. Should I accept the reality? I don't think I should. I don't think I deserve to accept, to sit back and accept the facts because Arsenal Football Club are not are not a club that should be in the situation where they are. No, no, I agree. I I agree. I can't. You know. I can't say anything because what you're saying is correct. I, we've I, spent I, 120 mil. Yeah, we, 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 we are the highest paid club. We are the highest spending club in the transfer window. There is no excuses. And we will probably finish as the highest paid. Uh, we will probably end the transfer window as the highest spending club. But apart from maybe... I, I, I generally can't... <laughs> No disrespect to the, to the players that have come in, but I genuinely see. I thought Odegaard maybe Odegaard probably uh, and maybe Ben White are the only two maybe little improvements I've seen, and maybe oh, maybe Tavares have been have has been yeah. pretty decent. Yeah, yeah. You know? yeah. Tavares Brown, and Sammy Lukonga, but, pretty but well. Lukonga, I don't know why he wasn't playing. Do you know, do you know why he wasn't playing? No, I, I have no clue. I, I have know. no idea why he wasn't. Whether playing. whether people whether the manager is you, you know saving people for international break or whatever, but. <sighs> the fact is we always knew this game would be hard yeah. but not that hard not you know show some show, show some, some fucking goals. dignity guys and yeah yeah show, so show some cojones and show some to show to, some pride some honor yeah, some honor at least nothing. play for yourself at least at least nothing. have the bare minimum for 90 minutes run around and chase that ball yeah nothing um to be honest, mate, I don't know where we go. I don't know if we continue with this current setup. Well, listen, listen. Let's let's start from the very beginning because I want to break this down. I want to break yeah. this down, and I want to see, and I want to strip it for what it is. I want to expose everything. Okay, mm-hmm. let's talk about the starting eleven because there were some personnel, some important members of the squad missing. Okay. Now I don't know whether we can use that as excuses because we shouldn't, we are not a mid table club or we shouldn't be, we should be a very good club. We are worth billions. Okay. Mm -hmm. If the, if the reports are to be believed, we will be purchased for billions Okay, we are worth billions. There is no reason why Arsenal Football Club should lack in depth. They should never lack in depth. Our team that played West Brom were worth 120 mil compared to their 10 mil. Okay, there there should never be any reason for Arsenal to lack depth. And that's what we lacked. We lacked depth. It was was clear to see. Clear as day. So let me tell you the starting 11 and let me just quickly give you my thoughts. Um, So with Leno in goal, Okay, expected. No surprises there. What really surprised me and what got my face grinning a little bit was the fact that we were playing uh, three at the back or five at the back, however you want to call it. 
with three centre-backs, two full-backs. That, for me, was very exciting. The prospect of seeing three at the back again was very exciting because it reminded me of the time where we won the FA Cup, we beat City in the semis and Chelsea in the finals. We we also beat Liverpool in the league um, and some others. We did very well with that kind of system under Arteta, but today it fell apart. And that's solely because of the personnel that were sat there. I don't think any of them were confident, comfortable sitting next to each other. I don't think any of them were comfortable playing football. They didn't look like Premier League um, kind of uh, players, quality type players, you know. With all due respect to them, and I know today might have been a terrible, terrible game, but based on today's game, um, Chambers holding Karasinac Cedric looked really amateur and looked like they needed to be playing at a championship league side. Sorry. All below below that. All below that. Sorry. But, uh, you know, it was dreadful. Dreadful. (laughs) So you had Chambers holding Kalasanach at the back, Cedric playing on the right, Tierney on the left. Um, On the bench, you had Tavaj, Mari and Maitland-Niles, who all could have played in those positions. Did Arteta get the back five wrong? I mean, based on, well, based on the fact that we've got no Gabriel and no um, White, White, based on the fact that we don't know who our starting right back is, I think we are playing. I think we've been gambling for a long time and I think the gamble hasn't been paying off as of yet. I don't think it will pay off. Um, I think the club are in real trouble. They need to get a right back ASAP and they need to sort out the system that they're playing. I think we need to get multiple players ASAP, to be honest. We do, Um, we do. I think, you know, the, these last, the window ends Tuesday mm. at 11 o'clock. I expect one, two, maybe three players, or I want one, two, maybe three players through the door at that time. But will we get, will we get it? I think we'll get one, one, or maybe one or two, or right back in the midfielder. But maybe, maybe Hussam Awa. I'm hearing um, sounds, I'm hearing noise about Hussam Awa. And yep. maybe I don't know. I don't know who the other one might be. Whether it's a number nine, uh, whether it's a right back, whether it's another. Masrawi was mentioned. Yeah, from Ajax as a right back. Hmm. We need anything. We need we need something, man. Because this is this is you know what's yeah. I I just can't. If this is how we start the season, I really don't want to. I don't want to see the end of it. Yes, I mean I get it. Look, the fixture list hasn't been kind to us. We've had to play. Brentford, Chelsea and City in our first three games with COVID coming in between, taking out a lot of our, our, our starting um, 11 players. But I I'm, I can't, I can't, uh, being an Arsenal fan, I can't use that as excuses because we should have enough enough depth. We should have enough quality. And if you thought that holding Chambers, Kolasinac, Cedric uh, is enough quality to be playing top quality Premier League oppositions, I'm sorry. I don't see, you know, Holding has a good game every three or four games. Chambers doesn't even know whether he's a right back or a centre back. Kalasanat shouldn't be playing for the club, period. And Cedric, I don't know what the club were doing, keeping Cedric on. And if they did decide to invest in this guy, then they should have been playing him week in, week out, rather than juggling with him, Chambers and Bellerin at the same time. Mm-hmm. Someone, someone is responsible for this. And, it, you know, I'm very, very strongly being pointed to the direction of Arteta at the minute because it's not making sense. It's not making sense, but it's not all him. 
it is not all him. You're right. You're right, mate. But where we stand right now, having conceded eight goals, having conceded eight goals, having not sorted out this right system that we're playing in, having kept Granite Shaka, having not invested in the right areas, I need to be able to understand what's going on. And I cannot, I cannot um, delude myself I can't, I can't drown myself in, in delusion anymore. So I'm, you know, games are running out, mate. The time, you know, tick tock, tick tock. Arteta's yeah. time is running very, very thin. And the, 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 the manager that I saw today was someone who looked like he was on the verge of giving up. No, but you know, maybe, maybe they're already over. You know, mm. uh, you, people are already talking. They have to be stay the club seriously have to be. I don't want it to happen. I, I, let me get this straight. I don't really want it to happen. But right now, I can't see any way out. We don't. Right. We don't look. We don't look like a team that has an identity, which is is what we what we you know we didn't know what who we were. We didn't know how we were going to play under Emery. We don't know how we're playing under Arteta now. The lineup is in disarray. The club in the club. You know, back behind the scenes is in disarray with you know people potentially getting a sack. Edu, one of them. Um, owners again, uh, potential Qatari takeover. Uh, getting all the fans hyped when when let's be honest, it may not even happen. You know, it's, uh, I, I, it's I don't I don't I don't buy into the Qatari takeover personally. I don't think it's I think it's right no, but now. What I'm trying to say is the, yeah, I get it, I get it. No, I know what, what I'm saying. trying to what I'm trying to say is these rumors are about potential takeovers and you know they don't help because you know our our fan base is very I'm trying to think of a word without some can be very reactionary mm. and to say that we, we've got a takeover all oh, Qatari princes coming out and tweeting you know these fans are getting hyped but potentially it won't happen because you know we did the same with Daniel Ek didn't happen you know all these things are not going in our favour and yeah, it's just and referees as well. They don't help. Um, there's just a whole bunch of, of of circumstances that just go against Arsenal, and I, I'm kind of sick of it. Uh, mm. To be fair, um, but um, I mean, there's know, no, but there's no running away from the facts. The facts no, are that no we shoot ourselves it. in the foot first before anyone else does. Yeah, and then, uh, yeah. There is to... no way you can tell me that that first goal. <laughs> Was, we have to perform was first above everyone else. Yeah, you can't tell me that first goal was warranted on the basis that Man City had quality and incredible football for them to score that first goal. No chance. No chance yeah. they should be scoring that first goal. They're not scoring that goal against any other Premier League opposition, by the way. Facts. You're not letting somebody get in front of you, two centre-backs in chambers and holding. Two of the tallest men on the pitch are standing there allowing a ball to go over their head only for one of the smallest men on the pitch to get his head onto that ball. And to make <coughs> things worse, Leno gets a hand to it, but the ball yet still manages to find its way in the back of the net. Then there is no team conceding that type of goal. Yeah, look, we have to perform first above everyone else. Every, everything, the referees, the 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 decisions, the everything is all secondary. We have to perform first. But these things like the referees and all the all the you know uncertainty and the COVID, this it doesn't help. But there's no good making excuses because, as I said, we have to perform first above everyone else. Mm. And right now we're not doing that. Three 
three defeats the first time since I think I think 1954 or something, and we're bottom of the Premier League. Um, I think yeah, I agree with you. It's the lowest I've seen Arsenal Football Club. Uh, will it be? You know, will we look back? On, will we look back on this day as one of the? Oh, I remember that day when we were all doing well. I I still do believe that there is good times to come because the this this can't last forever. Um, it's felt like forever though, hasn't it? it I it, can't it, remember it, a time where Arsenal were we were having a discussion about Arsenal uh, challenging for the title. You know, it was only positive, back yeah. when all being positive. It was only back when Leicester. The last time I remember was Leicester when when Leicester won the Premier League and we bowled it against them. Um, yeah. Aside from that, it, it's been the it's, same uh, sort of show. But look, but I guess the, there are <laughs> there are there are some positives. Of course there are, you know, of course Because we have to look at um, the other members who started that game And I'm talking about Saka, Odegaard, Smithrow, Bamiang In that first five minutes or so Let's talk about the game Because, um, like you said, the first five, six minutes were quite positive In the sense that Arsenal were dominating You know, Uh, Man City looked a little bit flustered In that first opening five minutes as you know, we kind of passed the ball around quite nicely, quite fluidly. Um, Saka and Odegaard were linking up quite well. Abamyang was looking to make those runs over the top, and he actually did manage to run over the top, uh, run, run around the, the run around um, Man City's defensive line. They were, uh, they, they, I think, they were playing quite high up at one point. Um, but anyway, uh, I was, I was enjoying that the first five minutes. I thought, you know. We we look quite confident. We look quite organised. If we can just stay in the game and if we can just not make any stupid mistakes, then maybe get past this first half, then maybe we might be able to get something out of this game. Um, and we only needed to wait about six minutes, didn't we, before the first goal went in. Yeah. Talk to me about that first goal um, what was your reactions after witnessing such shambles shambolic shambles what, you know we have you know it's it's, it's like they're back in school hmm. and it, it's like they are learning to play football again or learning oh, to play mate, that's, learning that's, that's probably learning, the perfect the most perfect analogy you could make learning they are learning to play football for the first time in, but they're just, you know, they've just plonked themselves, you know, 30 years ahead of themselves. I'm trying, you know what I mean? You, you get what I mean. Hmm. But it's it's absolutely a schoolboy defending. Um, so embarrassingly you know, bad. It, I mean, it, you have to give credit to City, though, know, for the build-up, because I think the build-up was very, very... Like it was, it was world class. It came from nothing almost. They were just knocking the ball about, really patient, really slow. Um, yeah. And I, I, you know, I guess the the difference that is the difference between us and Man City. We can knock the ball about and just about get it in uh, outside of the D, whereas City can yeah. easily and comfortably knock the ball about and get the ball in the box and the you know look in in a matter of instances. Yeah, look, City, City are world class. They are. I could run out of uh, superlatives to describe Pep Guardiola and Manchester City. Um, we always knew it was going to be a tough game, but there are, there is a way you go about it, and there is yeah. a way there is a way you go about it without getting absolutely smashed. Yeah, 
but we didn't we had no idea what that way was today and we just lost it you know I as I said I thought we started the game quite well passing it about I was like oh good pattern of Odegaard was getting in it getting in and around yeah. you know make it, making a nuisance of himself I thought oh yeah this is quite good Odegaard, Odegaard. Saka as well I remember I th- Saka being yeah. able to pick up the wall and run and making direct runs I specifically said in the first five minutes oh Odegaard is Odegaard is, is, is uh, has really changed this team it seems like and then bang you're straight you know uh, they scored uh, you know basically on their first attack and yeah, their first story forward um and Leno as well. I mean, fuck you know, me. I mean, look, Le- the ball, the ball is, comes in, right? Yeah. It's a first, it's a first time ball. Gabriel, Gabriel does excellent. Look, down the wing, going down the wing, City were faultless um, with uh, David, uh, not David Silva, sorry, um, Bernardo Silva and uh, Jesus. Mm. And also on the other side with Grealish, they were mm. unstoppable. So this is this is a brilliant pattern of play between uh, the the way that they build up on that left hand side. They um, what's the word I'm looking for? They overwhelm Arsenal by getting mm. two or three players on that left hand side because you've got Emil Smith Rowe and Tierney at the back there on that left hand side who need to be able to deal with three bodies. It's, it's three against two on that side. And that is a cry for disaster because you're going to get one player who's going to be open and who's going to be able to put in a delivery into the box. The cross is excellent. But what really confuses me is why Chambers doesn't know who he is supposed to be marking. Does he not realize that Gundogan is behind him? Because you've got the other two, Cedric, who's marking Grealish, and Kalasanash is just there waving his arms around. But then you've also got Holding, who's got his, who's got uh, Ferran Torres. And so, what is Chambers doing, letting Gundawan have so much space? Ask and as Chambers. a centre back, and as a centre back, you need to be able to time your jumps and also know when to jump and know when to. It's instinct. I can go onto a grassy field, have the ball be popped up into the air and I will know instinctively when to jump and where to be before I can head it. It seems like here Chambers, nor does he know when the ball is, when to jump. He doesn't even know where, where the ball is landing because he's way off. He's about, you know, two, two yards off. And so um, there's no pace on the ball, which is being crossed as well, by the way. Gundogan gets some form of contact on it. And Leno, I mean, <laughs> it's comical, mate. I don't, I, it's, I don't, it's so yeah. comical. So, so, so Gundogan's header is literally going at like, you know, like five miles an hour in, in, in football language. And yeah. the ball falls to Leno's hand. He just needs to fist it out or like, you know, with a little bit more force and that, that's out. Yep. And he just absolutely makes a meal of it. Leno would, uh, Ramsdale would save that. You know what? I'm inclined to say he would. Really. Genuinely. You know, I, I, I was, you know, I was expecting, we were all expecting Leno to start, but I would love to see Ramsdale win. What is that Ugh. save though? I'm just watching it again, but just the technique of it is all wrong. Why is he, why is he trying to like slap it, push it forward or something? He's literally, <laughs> the positioning of his, like he's positioned all wrong. He's diving too early. And because he's done that, because he's falling so early, 
He mm. has to just fist it above his head. I yeah. just I just don't understand. There are so many questions we don't understand, Farhan. And um, you know, but, but look, yeah. you know, we we've we've witnessed Arsenal conceding stupid goals uh you know all season long this is not a surprise for us we can only hope i mean at that point i'm thinking to myself right we're one nil down let's you know let's not lose our heads this is a stupid goal to concede i am fuming at what i've just witnessed but 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 there may be a way back <laughs> we started the game really well so let's not you know let's let's come back into it we can do mm-hmm. it Right, so and you couldn't have been more wrong. What what we were expecting for Arsenal to pick up their heads and try and you know rebuild again, and again, I mean, Gundogan almost scored again, having scored the first one. Mm. Um, the 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 players looked shell shocked. They didn't really know how to react. The back four looked like they were crumbling faster than they ever were. You know, there was no, the, you know, do you know what the problem with our back four is or back five? There is, there is not a single leader back there. Um, and I, I would often look towards the goalkeeper, in this case, Leno. If there isn't a leader standing amongst your, you know, your defenders, the goalkeeper's got to be the one that's, that's kind of um, organizing, making sure everything is structured because at the end of the day, that's his last line of defense. So if there's no leader, in, in your defensive line, the goalkeeper has to stand up and has to push these guys on. Mm. I didn't see that from Leno. I didn't see that from Holding, who would ideally be, you know, or, or Tierney, actually, Tierney. But Tierney is a, as a wingback, as a fullback. I don't see him being part of that defensive partnership much because he's, you know, kind of separated from the joint um, moving forward. You know, between Chambers, Holding and Kalasanac, you're looking at, holding really to stand up and try and you know rebuild or take control none of them did really they all looked very very scared they all looked like wow we are really in for a show now every ball that came into the box after that it was just like flinging their foot to, towards the ball and getting getting the ball as far out um as mm. possible yeah uh, Let's let's talk about the second goal Because the second goal literally came a minute Three three or four minutes Well, it was about five minutes, wasn't it? It was five minutes after we conceded the first goal Um, Do you want to talk through it? Uh, I can't even remember what it is Farhan, to be honest I've kind of switched off (laughs) Let me just get out, hold on It's it's, It's that free kick So what happens before this free kick I think they had an opportunity And Oh no, they were driving forward and someone fouled somebody and it was a stupid, stupid free kick to give away. Nobody is pressing City here. Um, Aubameyang kind of is, but then he kind of backs off afterwards and Odegaard really should be pressing, but he's too busy making sure that whoever that is on the left-hand side doesn't get too far out or isn't given too isn't given too much space. Um everyone is too relaxed. Everyone is way too relaxed. And then this ball comes in from Bernardo Silva. Mm. It is the most I don't know, it's 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 a very awkward ball, but it's so low and it doesn't have that much pace. It's such a it's such an odd kind of ball in. Usually, you know, uh, any Premier League defender is able to just, you know, boot it out for a mm. throw on or up the pitch or whatever. That's a poor ball into the box. That is poor from Bernardo Silva. 
Okay, but yeah. somehow, somehow, it gets past everyone. It gets past. It gets past Cedric, for starters. Who else does it get gets past? Um, let's have a look. Yeah, I'm just seeing it now. Oh, past Cedric, wow. past uh, Cedric's deflection because his his foot hits the ball, doesn't it? Yeah, his foot. And hits then it. and then who's that? Ferran Torres. Ferran Torres yeah. is there, and he put and he puts it away. Um, and he puts it away. And again, absolutely. Kalasinac uh, uh, is standing, roaming around. Kalasinac needs to be at going forward a little bit quicker than that. He needs to yeah. make that decision of trying to close down Bernardo Silva before that pass is made. Before yeah. that pass is made, because where else is Gundogan going to go? Gundogan can only go one way. He can either put it into two ways. He can either put it into the box or throw it out wide to Bernardo Silva. I understand what Emil Smith-Rowe is doing. He's covering the space, making sure that that is not being left naked. It is then Kalasinac's decision, responsibility to press up and try and make try and close down Silva so when he gets the ball, he is put under pressure and he isn't given the amount of time that he is because with the time he uses, he puts in a terrible ball that should be cleared out by Cedric, but instead it bubbles off his feet and for some reason... Um, Ferran Torres is left open and puts it away. Yeah. Do you think the towards the build up or that not build up, but do you think during that sort of play, um, Chambers is fouled? Uh, I did, did see that. He did, he did, he did. But I, I think it, in this in this age, it's deemed a little bit. It's not deemed a clear and obvious error, and it's quite soft. But you you would have a case. Um. I think let me just have a look. I'll look at the replay again. Because this isn't this is another issue that I have with football. Okay. More uh, so with this is with the decisions going against us. And I hate to be that guy that brings it up, but I'm gonna say it how it is. Okay. Yes, we were beaten on the day by an excellent team. We were piss poor, but decisions like that should not be going against us. When someone is clearly punched in the face, right? Full fist, punched in the face, and the decision is looked at by VAR, but is not given, that's worrying for me. That really is worrying for me because it, how, how can you not count that as a clear and obvious error? The guy is down on the floor. Had he been up, maybe, maybe he would have tracked um, Ferran Torres' ah. run and he would have been able to cause more of a problem for Torres I agree. than being left alone. So how can you not deem that as a clear and obvious error? The guy is punched. And, you know, I was listening to, to BT Sport I don't know who it was, who the uh, commentator was, but, oh, it was just a tussle between, you know, the defender and the opposing player. We see it all the time. Sorry, if we were to see full-flown fists in people's faces all the time, we would have yeah. to rename the sport. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I I often, I often say if it goes VAR, they've had a look at it, then it's fine. But you have to start thinking now. That these clear and obvious errors are going to the AR and not being checked, and the majority of them. Now people are gonna people are gonna probably say, "Oh well, you just the majority of them do come against Arsenal, believe it or not." Well, they do. Now, we only have to look back at last season during the period of time where we were robbed of so many points. Yeah, but um, if you say, if you say that, that then people, people laugh at you and they say, oh, you're just... But people can say yeah. whatever the hell they want. The fact of the matter is, a foul is a foul. There is no interpretation about it. David Luiz's red card last season was not a red card. Clear and obvious 
to see If you're calling that a red card Then you're calling You have to call everything else out It's as simple as that If a little bit of minute um, contact Being made to another player Results in a penalty and a red card Then I'm sorry This for me is five red cards yeah, a, I mean, a, full, a full fist. It has to be the same for everyone else. It has to be a level playing field. But right now, I'm not seeing one in terms of, you know, referee, uh, mm. refereeing decision. I don't want to call out the referees. I shouldn't have to call out because nobody likes to make excuses for our 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 play. Yeah, I mean, but. yeah, that's it. But the, the only reason people are gonna you know point and laugh is because you know we've lost and we're trying to find other means, other excuses. To we're not. It. We're not. Yeah. I'm not. Anyway. I'm, I'm not. not. I will say it now. We're shit. We're crap. We are. Okay. But but there should be no reason for people for for individuals like referees and VAR to stamp on us whilst we're down. Give yeah, us the courtesy I, I, of treating us fairly, at least. You know. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. Um. So yeah. We're after two this, we actually we actually did have a chance, I believe. Where was that? I can't quite uh, remember. It was a Mill Smith throw because Edison. Oh um, yes, yes, yes. Decided yes, to yes, make, yes. make a mistake and pass the ball down. Can I just say we did have chances, but they were only happening because Manchester City were making stupid mistakes. Yes. Well, this is what I wanted to talk about now. Yeah. So, one of the biggest frustrations of this game I got was that was the lack of desire and the lack and the lack of initiative and enthusiasm off the ball. Okay, one of the things I admire about City and Liverpool and all the great sides that have won the Premier League is the tenacity, the tenacious nature of their attitude, right? Of the way that they play football off the ball. It's to make sure that you try and win the ball back as quickly as possible. Now, I get get it. Tactically, I understand why that might not be the wisest thing to do against City. Because if you're trying, if you're um, telling every single player to get to the ball as quickly as possible, if you're asking your team to press and to play with high pressure, high intensity, then the likely chances of City playing the ball around you and getting it over the top is going to be quite high. So you have to be smart about it and you need to kind of manage that risk. But mm. to see not a single player try and make the effort, or to see, or to not even see Mikel direct like he usually does, he's usually quite animated on the side of the on, on the touchline. He wasn't today, and that was really it wasn't weird. Chelsea. It wasn't. Yeah, it was. Yeah, you're right. <coughs> so it, this is this is confusing for me because look, you need to have a game plan in place. If you're two 0 down, okay, and you can see that City are. Coming off the 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 gears a little bit, you know, they're slowing down. The tempo is now being controlled by them. The onus is now on you as a football team to try and change the um, course of direction. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, to, be, I agree. to get on the front foot. So to see everybody just press, just sitting off, not relaxing a little bit, no press at all. And City were more than happy to play in in their own box. Pass it back to Edison, who was you know taking the absolute piss. I'm sure he'll get a he'll get an earful when he goes uh, back to the dressing room. Because uh you know I know I know um, Pep hates that kind of attitude. And we yeah. could, you know we forced we we did force an error with um with with Emil Smith Rowe, which yeah. which was inches wide could have been a goal. But that's what happens when you press, boys. Yeah. That's what happens. That's what you're able to create. 
Because believe it or not, it was due to your pressing that caused Edison to make a mistake. Had you had not done that, then Edison would have been in the clear, in the green zone. Indeed. So for the life of me, why do you think it is that the boys just just did decided not to? Uh, I don't know. Press? I don't know how. I don't know why. I don't know the reasoning behind why Arsenal do many things they do. You know. Uh, I I just I don't know if, if it's if it, James if, it's, if if me and you are on that pitch right we know what we're gonna do we're gonna yeah. put hundred and fifty percent into it and make sure that we're pressing and we're getting everyone involved. There are two yeah. things that are really scary for me that the realities are hitting me quite hard. The first one is that there was no desire, no passion, no hunger, no determination. In other words, there was no press, there was no intensity, there was no pressure. Number two. The second, the second most scariest thing about that game was that there was nobody encouraging anyone else to do that. Because it, it, there needs to be one person, right? There needs to be a player on that pitch that dictates that sort of tempo. If someone sees that person do it, then everyone's going to follow suit. Okay. Mm-hmm. In in this case, it should have been a Bamiyang that was pressing, that was um, creating that momentum, that was, you know, leading by example. Mm-hmm. But there was, you know, we have a captain. We have a captain, Bamiang, yeah. who's supposed to rally the troops. But yeah, again, I had a good hat trick uh, in midweek. But you know, none of that. Do me a favor, James. You continue talking. I'm just going to get my laptop charger. It's about to die. But yeah, okay, give, no give your thoughts on it. Yeah, I mean, you have you have a Bamiang who in midweek scored a hat trick and and, and um, you know obviously didn't carry on and and you know I'm starting to think that maybe. <laughs> these teams, these West Broms, these, you know, these uh, latter teams, should we say, in Carabao Cup and other competitions, are maybe our level. And, and that's uh, really, really does show the decline of, of, of Arsenal Football Club. Um, I'm sure Farham will be uh, back in a minute and we can get on to the next point. Uh, but yeah, it's just a, a really, really sad, sad and, and and down day in the history of Arsenal Football Club, and I don't think it's going to get any easier. Uh, hopefully, yeah. it does after the international break. Oh, you're back now. Back. Yeah, yeah well, I was just saying that um, against West Brom, Bamiyang had a stormer and scored a hat trick. But against Premier League teams, he doesn't seem to do it. And maybe we found our level. And <laughs> against well, the latter teams the like West Brom and, and things like that. Was, the difference was against West Brom, we dictated the gate right we scored the goals and yeah we didn't really face much many challenges sure. okay against city against the best we were down after 6 minutes now that tells me one thing it tells me that there's no backbone in this squad there's no character there's no fight there's no determination there is a nice shiny paycheck at the end of every week where players get mm-hmm. to take it Buy themselves fancy clothes and cars and live in a fancy, live a fancy lifestyle. And they've earned it. Of course they have. They have become the best footballers amongst their peers. So of course they deserve it. Right. But where are the days where people actually gave a shit about their, their, their shirt, you know, playing for pride, playing for honor, for dignity. In the words of Aubameyang, trying to become a legend, trying to secure the legendary status within a club. Where is that gone? Yeah. 
I don't know. You tell me, mate. <laughs> um, <laughs> so look, I'm struggling to. I'm struggling to. You know, I know it's been like an like, a, like an hour, half an hour since the result. Yeah, but still, I'm struggling to to digest it because now we have an international break, mm. and now you would now if a change was to be made in terms of manager or any anything like that, now is the time that you would think about doing it. So what... Well, look, you know, I, I, I want to get to that, and I want to get to that after we talk about the result of this game. I want to get to a lot of yeah. things, but let's finish off sure. talking about this game. I don't really want to discuss it too much, but thankfully there, there won't be much to talk about after this. Uh, Granite Shack has given a red card for... Oh, start, how, how, many, yeah. how, how many red cards has he received now? Is it four? Is this his fourth red card in an Arsenal shirt? I think so. Maybe okay. more. Four too many, if you ask me. Four too many. Now, when when Arsenal decided that they were going to sell this guy, okay, look, I'm going to be fair here, okay? I'm going to be fair to Granit Xhaka and say that I believe he is an exceptional football player. I think his abilities are complementary to certain clubs, okay, in certain leagues. I don't think it's complementary to Arsenal, and I don't think many other big clubs would take him for the simple fact that he doesn't suit the style of play that we need to play in in order to win football games mm. against teams like City, right? Number one, that's number one, okay? Number two, disciplinary issues. We have known for a very long time, this guy is rash, he's unpredictable, and he is highly emotional. So maybe he is the right fit for Arsenal because he seems to tick all the boxes that you need in order to um, get on with this club, right? Number three, mm. Number three, okay, when Granit Xhaka was given the green light that he is more than welcome to leave, he made very, very um, illuminating comments about wanting to go to Roma, but Arsenal mm-hmm. refused to sell him on the basis that Roma were not offering enough. A, they weren't offering enough. Fair play to them for trying to negotiate and bargain like a big club. Mm -hmm. I just don't understand the rationale behind giving Granit Xhaka a contract extension that will inevitably see him end his career at Arsenal with a pay rise. Because uh, I think they did protect his value, didn't they? I don't buy it, mate. I don't buy that explanation at all. If you're trying to, but, if, that, if, but if that's tra- what the club will say. That's what the club will say. Oh, okay, fine. That's okay. If the club say that bollocks, right? And I can I can break it down for you. It doesn't take an expert to break it down. If you're trying to protect the player's contract, his value, mm-hmm. okay, you need to look at a few factors. Factor number one, age. Factor number two, how many years are you offering him? Factor number three, how much are you offering him? And factor number four. Where is his value likely to be in two or three years? Mm-hmm. All of those factors indicate to me, as someone who has no footballing or very, very little footballing impetus, is that the right word? Yeah, impetus, yeah. That Granite Shaka should not have been offered a contract extension. He is at the latter stages of his career. He is not good enough to be for Arsenal Football Club or for a top Premier League side. His uh, value is going to be decreasing in the coming years from now. 
Um, mm. And the money that we're offering him, if you want to get rid of him eventually, you're not going to be able to find a club who's going to be able to afford his wages, just like we're suffering with Sad Kalasanach now. And you can't blame the players for not moving on. Because if the club have offered them this contract, this amount of money, then why should they take a pay cut? If my boss is offering me X amount of money to turn up to work, to work, you know, he doesn't like my overall performance. You know, he doesn't feel like I'm the right fit. If he turns around to me and says, hey, you know, why don't you take a pay cut? Or why don't you go down the road and work for uh, this company, but they're paying a little bit less? What do you think I'm going to say? Mm, you know? So, no. So I don't buy this whole argument that we were trying to um, we were trying to what was the 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 phrase? Protect we were, the value. Yeah. We we're trying to protect the value because his value goes downhill from now on. The moment that you give him the the uh, extension, he's a depreciating asset. It's the same with a car. You buy a car, brand new, it's brilliant. A brand new plate, twenty one plate. The moment you buy it, it goes downhill. Yeah. Footballers have a very small lifespan. And I said this to you before on another show. I heard someone make an excellent point about the transfer market and the way that it works. The market dictates the value of a player. The club can't do that because there is no demand for Granite Shaka. If there is only one club saying we are we are only willing to spend this amount on Granite Shaka and there is no one else who's offering any other amount, then that team gets to dictate the value of the player. Am I mm-hmm. right or wrong? No, you're wrong. You're, you're right. I'm sorry. You're right. I mean, so, um, so, so I think Arsenal have found themselves in a bit of a pickle now because now they're stuck with someone like Granite Shaka. Um, unless, unless they decide to go bold and they decide to finally get an upgrade on Granite Shaka, which I highly doubt. But now they're stuck with this guy. Would it be Hossam Awa? And if it is if it is Hussam Awa, I don't see Hussam Awa filling in Shaka's boots. I think he I, I see him more of an Odegaard type player, to be honest. But then where would we then but then where would we play him? I don't know. This is this is probably if the reason why Arsenal aren't going out for him. But apparently they are. Because no, you but think what, you, what I'm you saying think is, now, you think now, sorry, you think now Shaka is down for three games. Mm-hmm. Pending a Pending an appeal, we will probably appeal it, but it probably won't. But it won't be um, because you can't you can't go in for that tackle in this day and age. Probably a few years ago, yeah, but not 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 now uh, because I think he did get I think he did get a little bit of the ball, but it was the intent. That you that, can't that, make any case for Granit Xhaka. I'm afraid. I'm afraid no, no, no. to say this. You know, I think this, he did uh, get the ball. Didn't it he? doesn't. Yeah, he did. But it doesn't matter yeah. how much of the ball that you get. The moment that you decide to go sliding in <laughs> yeah. with. Your, your studs facing up. He also got a bit of, um, what's his face? Who was it? Was it Rodri or was it Gundogan? It might uh, have been Rodri. Rodri, I believe. I can't remember, but one of them. He also got one of the, a bit of the player's foot. We've seen yeah. firsthand what those kind of tackles can do to players, yeah. whether it be Aaron Ramsey or whether it be Eduardo Silva. We know mm-hmm. what it does to these players. So for mm-hmm. someone like Granit Xhaka, to go into it's, it was it was totally like uh, so unsurprising for me. Like I wasn't shocked to see, I wasn't surprised to see him make that kind of tackle. But what was surprising, what was surprising to me was how defensive you know fans were getting immediately. Oh, but he got the ball. 
I, know, but I, I, I get I get the you know I get how he got the ball, but it's also now the intent of what you know what he intended to do. Mm. I don't think I don't think he intended to. You know, I'm not in Jack's brain, but I don't think I don't he know, would. We, but, me and you knowing Granite Shaka full well know that this guy can lose his head in moments of the game where we are trailing or when things yeah, aren't going do. our way. We do, yeah. So whether he meant it or not, who knows? Only Granite Shaka will know. But judging by his history, judging by what we know about Granite Shaka, I'm Shaka, not surprised. <laughs> it doesn't surprise me one bit. that he, no. It was only a matter of time before something like that was going to happen. But what I would say now is Shaka's uh, bound for three games. Mm. So and we don't have Partey, so I think it will come down to a late deal for Hassan Marwa because he is available on loan and he does want to come to Arsenal. Yeah, uh, yeah, I think uh, he is known to want to come to Arsenal. Maybe seeing the result today has changed his mind, but <laughs> that's besides the point. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, if Arsenal managed to get someone like Hassan Marwa in um, on a on a on a season long loan with an option to buy, great. But that doesn't, that still doesn't really replace Granite Shaka and the role in his sort of job in midfield. Like I said, I see Hussamawa as someone who progresses the ball forward, more of an Odegaard type player, a number eight strike, number 10. I don't see someone like who can play along, I don't see him playing alongside, um, uh, what's his face? Pate, because Pate is a, um, I've forgotten the word. To describe what kind of role he plays, he is a pivot. He is a he's a he's a central he's a defensive midfield pivot type of player that likes to sit in front of the defense, but also uh, assists the guys in the attacking half. So, really, who we need? We need someone who can play the role of a traditional central midfielder, almost like a Henderson type player, you know. Mm-hmm. So, if we bring in someone like Hussamawa, I don't know how you feel about it, but I don't see Hussamawa playing that role because his physique is not, you know, he he's he's not built to play that role number one. Number two, it's not in his nature to play that kind of role. Yeah, I I I understand your point. I mean I mean Liverpool are on the verge of signing Pasuma apparently. <laughs> and he could be absolutely perfect for that role if you ask me. But for some yep. reason Arsenal are unable to make that deal happen yet pay almost 30 mil for a backup goalkeeper. Uh, that's not good. You couldn't write it. We've just stopped with this Ramsdale thing. Let's stop. Yeah. <laughs> See, but all these, all these deals, all these, you know, wrongdoings, all these, all these things that you think that you people may think are are wrong, always come up after a defeat like this. You know, because that is ultimately what we what we're being drawn back to is the incompetence, the the the. The the just sheer unimaginable mismanagement of this football club. But the fact is, mate, you can't escape from it. You can't hide from it. If mistakes are being made, and if they're as clear as day, you can't just brush them under the carpet and think that they will go away. These problems will come back to bite you on the backside. You know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So and, whether, and they and they have. I so, mean, you know, whether you know, it, need, yeah. Whether it is whether it is that these problems are only being exploited after defeats or not, this the, the mistakes are still being made. So it's only inevitable that 
mistakes will be made. It's only inevitable that we'll lose games because if mistakes are being made, then the result of those mistakes will be games being lost, if that makes sense. Yeah. So there shouldn't no, be any yeah. surprise when people, you know, are drawn back to these problems over and over again. Because the reason why we find ourselves we find ourselves selves losing five nil to City is because we made these mistakes in the first place. Absolutely, yeah, I, I understand. Uh, I get what you mean. Um, look, I think these problems, as you said, are going to keep arising. But you know what we need to do? We need to show some pride and some some some. I don't know tenacity, whatever you want to call it. I can use all the all the all the great adjectives I have. But we need to, you know, just show some fight because this season's only just started. We're two weeks into the season, man. Or three weeks into the season. God, can you believe it? I, I genuinely, I, I didn't think we'd be in a meltdown at this point. Look, if if at the beginning of the season, you ask me, how many points do you expect Arsenal to get from these three games? Honestly, three. at the back of my head, I would have said maybe one, maybe zero. No, Brentford's going to be three. a tough game. No, I wouldn't have said three. I, I always expected Brentford to be a really, really tough game. Okay. And only a only one hundred. No, but you would you would you would have expected to at least put like, you know, near a win. Like put a, like, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was gonna say uh, only a one hundred percent fully focused, fully driven Arsenal side would have beaten Brentford, right? Chelsea and City were always gonna be difficult. Okay. So what am I surprised that Arsenal have taken zero points out of three? Kind of, but not really. What I'm surprised about is the nature in which that they've done it. Mm. Because we yeah. haven't scored a single goal. We haven't really generated enough in any of the games to really warrant a win or a draw, for that matter. Mm-hmm. And the only the only good result we've had is kind of irrelevant. Yes, it's got competition, and yes, we would like to win it. But the main the, the main bread and butter is your is your domestic league. Yeah. And, uh, that's what we what we care most about. That's where all the money is, and that's you know I I just it's draining. It is really really draining. I probably you know mm. I'm, I'm I'm drained, and it's only Saturday. Mm. You know the week hasn't even started yet. We've got deadline day to come, mm. and oh, I I just don't know. I just don't know. Okay, look, let's talk about the second half very quickly. Um, Do we have to? I mean, yeah, I know, I know we have to, we have to cover all bases, man. We have to. I don't really want to. I just want to get this over and done with, so we can actually talk about the main stuff. Um, yeah. I actually, I don't know whether I actually want to talk to talk about the um, second half. The second half was plain and simple for me. Rodri scored an incredible goal, but Leno was beating his near post again. Um, once again, Lacazette comes on for Abamyang. Abamyang doing absolutely nothing. We have to talk about this guy. I'm sorry, but you know, questions have to be asked about certain people's commitment to the club. Okay, and maybe you know, I'm being a little bit harsh because we've just lost five nil. I don't, I don't question the guy's goal scoring abilities, but I question his commitment and I question other people's commitment. But anyway, Lacazette comes on, doesn't really make much of a difference. Um, they then score again. They bring on Sterling. Take Odegaard um, off. Take Odegaard yeah. off. Bring on El Nenny. Um, I understand that, but okay. Yeah. So yeah. Um, Look. I don't. I don't think there's much point talking about the rest of the game because I don't nah. think there's much to analyze, other than the fact that it was a very, very. Um, it was a very, very dark game. 
and dark performance, and it's a dark day for Arsenal football club. It was it was empty. It was empty. You know, do you know? Do you know what? Do you know what the the cherry on the top was for me? The icing on the top. It was when fans started to cheer. For City. Did you see that? Did you see when fans, away yeah. fans, started to cheer when City scored their fourth goal? Yeah. I was, I was, I, I, I don't know. I was literally, I was, I was dumbstruck. Yeah. And people will stop watching. People stop watching it as well on TV and turn it off. Pe- people wow. were leaving the stadium after going three 0 down, right? And yeah. fans then started to cheer when City scored their goal. And then at the end of the game, fans started to cheer and clap for the uh, what's going on at this club what what are we are we a mid-table team is that what's happened now? hold on i think the pennies just dropped i think arsenal football uh, club are officially a mid-table team i think we have been for a very long time and i think people are accepting um, it now i think people yeah. are at a point now where we're like you know what lads fine fine you got us you want to feed us bullshit but we eat. Yeah, man. And um to to see, you know, that 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 to see Arsenal fans who traveled, you know, four hours and and early start, staying in hotels, you know, staying in hotels, traveling up from London, traffic, everything, and to to go three 0 down and and cheer your opposition. Wake up. There was um, a problem at this club. Do do what? What is your take on the fans cheering Arsenal uh, at the end um, of the nine minutes? Cheering Arsenal. Yeah. Do you not see right at the end that yeah. when the final yeah. whistle blew, yeah. people were cheering and clapping? Look, they are as much as we can say. You know, as much as we hate them right now and I hate the result, they are still human beings and they are still people and they are still you know do, trying to do their best as much as we don't see it oh fuck I don't know man no 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 no, 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 no. I'm just saying they are human beings they are you know they they you know they have a job to do and as much as we were absolutely shocking for the for the for the for the 90 minutes I don't think they deserve to be you know, hounded. Yeah, they will be hounded, but it shows some. It shows some. You know, guts from our fans to to give them a give them a reception at the end of the game. And uh, you think they that you think they deserve? No, do I don't think they that, deserve a single fan in that stadium to be. I don't there. think that. I don't think they do. I don't. I don't think they do. But it shows. It shows. It shows uh, humility and, and pride from our fans that that we continue that we continuously. Support the boys until the end of the ninety minutes. Mm. I commend every fan who applauded the players. I commend you as well. You, you, you're a very level-headed young man, and um, I respect you for that a lot. Thank um, you, but me, I take, I take, I, I take a different approach to mm-hmm. to fine. applauding to applauding um, players because I think I think to applaud players is to validate and is to justify the actions. No, but we're not just but they weren't justifying yeah. anything. No, no, I, I understand that, but I'm I'm just saying from from the from the rationale from the kind of logic that I'm thinking from, um, I believe that to clap for something is to appreciate something, right? And I get okay. I get that the fans are clapping the boys on to say, right, we're behind you 100 percent 
You know, it didn't work out today, but we'll be behind you. And that goes, that's without, you know, that's a given. I will turn on the TV and watch the game for 90 minutes and I will cheer and I will support my club. There won't be an ever, there there will never be a moment in time where I will say denounce supporting Arsenal football club. It's part of my DNA. It's part of who I am. I grew up Mm -hmm. in the heart of it all. So this is all I know. Right. That that is a given. But, 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 but I cannot sit back and allow these players to accept the mediocrity. I cannot I cannot allow this 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 standard to be deep rooted into their DNA, because once they start getting this arm around their shoulder and saying, it's all right, lads, we're all in it together, then the situation becomes a lot more dire and we see ourselves um, facing the harsh realities of, you know, the, the, the modern day Newcastle United, you know, mm-hmm. we've been talking about it for a while now. Arsenal look like they're going to be um, a potential, the modern day Leeds United. Yeah, potential Leeds, Aston Villa, Newcastle United, God forbid, Nottingham Forest. We're not far. We're not far off. We're not far off at all. And I think this relaxed kind of attitude towards these players mm-hmm. is something that they don't need right now, or I think they could do without. I think. Mm-hmm. I think. I think they need to be um, reminded of the harsh realities of what it takes to be a Premier League footballer, and more importantly, what it takes to be an Arsenal football player. You're playing for Arsenal Football Club. You're wearing a shirt which represents hundreds of years of rich history. Rich. History and tradition. Yeah. Tradition. You know, we're talking about, we're talking about real glory days. And I hate talking about it because we're becoming, we're, we're becoming the club that is, you know, left with just that, just history, the past. Okay, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. players need to understand that there is a certain level of expectation when you play for the club, so there is no room for error. So, when players like Holding and Chambers make these types of errors once, twice, three times, and more, yet we are applauding them for it, Mm -hmm. that's not good enough. I can't, I, I can't stand by and allow it because that's the standard. Yeah, where I was coming from there. No, of course yeah. I got where you were coming from, but I don't feel like that is a good enough reason for us to, you know, yes, yes, they're human beings, of course. They deserve to be treated in a dignified kind of manner. But I don't think reminding them of the harsh realities of where they are and what they represent is harsh. I don't think that is undignified. To yeah, We will do that. We, we will do that. And I think, you know, we will, we won't stop Look, until I, these players There understand. is a line. There is a very fine line between reminding someone of what the standards are and abusing someone, okay? Let's not blur the two lines. Let's understand yeah. who we are and who they are. We're all human beings, of course. Understand who you are and who in you terms represent. Of, yeah, in terms of morality, we don't yeah. want to endorse any type of abuse, any type of harsh... X-rated language We don't want anyone to be We don't want to treat We don't want to cause any mental harm What we want to do is encourage And what we want to do is Get the best out of people And what is the best way? That's the good That's the the question I guess we should be asking ourselves I just don't think the best way to do that Is to clap for these guys Who have just lost 5-0 at the Etihad Mm. That's just me Fair enough 
Look, James, there's so much more that I wanted to talk about, but unfortunately we're out of time. I need to go and get a COVID test done before I fly out yeah. tomorrow. Otherwise, I'm not going to be able to do it. So have a great holiday, man. Thank have you. A great holiday. Thank you. I think Thank I'm going to end it here but we will be back whilst on holiday i still will be uh recording i think we will have a um we will have we will have a show just before the window closes or just after it closes um so yeah we'll organize something to record just so we can talk about the conclusion of the transfer window um sure man James, thank you. Thank you for coming on on such short notice. I know how difficult it is to come on straight after the games and I know how difficult it is to try and rationalise and uh, break down our emotions, but I think we've done it relatively well today. That's all right, man. Uh, Yeah, you know, I know you have to go, so I'll keep it it short. Hmm. We've made a pledge over the last few weeks to to come on when when emotions are high. Emotions are high with the defeats and, 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 you know, um, and, and we'll keep doing that uh, because yeah. I think I think you know that's that's we owe we owe it to you we owe it to you as Arsenal fans and creators and podcasters to do that. So as yeah. much as you know, as much as uh, it, it, it hurts now, I'm sure there are, are brighter days ahead as an, as an Arsenal fan and Arsenal an Arsenal football club. So I'm, I'm I'm you know I'm not optimistic now, but I'm sure things will change and things will get better. Mm. in time to come so I wish you the best on holiday man Thank enjoy you. it unwind take your mind off Arsenal and then we'll be back after the international break absolutely yeah boy do I need this holiday the perfect time to be going away and thankfully it is during the international holidays I want to say a massive thank you to everybody who has been listening to this show who has listening, who's been listening to all of our shows thank you very much for the continued support if you did enjoy this episode please do give us a five star review on Apple Podcast uh, if you want to for whatever reason reach out to us you can find us on Twitter so we do have a Twitter Chat, uh, Twitter Twitter account sorry you can find us on um the Ask Therapy Pod I think that's what it is yeah, anyway you'll find all the details in the show notes below um you can find me on Twitter at Gunner since ninety six you can find James on Twitter at James Payne AFC you can also find all the podcast episodes and all the blog posts that will be coming out very soon on our website uh, the Arsenal Therapy Podcast. Dot com, com or is it the Arsenal yeah. Therapy Pod dot com? No, it's dot com. You're right. Is it Pod right. Arsenal? The Arsenal. ArsenalTherapyPod.com. Yeah, that's it. It's the ArsenalTherapyPod.com. Right. <coughs> we will get there. This is fairly new, so we'll get there. Anyway, um, yeah. Thank you very much, everybody, for listening. We hope you enjoy the rest of your week, and we'll see you on the next one. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye bye.